الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وشفيعنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe, our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher, our protector. And we begin by sending peace and salutations upon his beloved messenger, beloved and final messenger, Muhammad, the son of Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. My brothers and sisters, as you probably know, the, 30, the 32nd Summer Olympic Games are on as we speak. And the athletes have been racing to the finish line, they have been lifting weights, they have been playing sports, and they are being judged on their style and their performance, depending on the sport that they're in. And just this morning, Muhammad Ahmed won silver for Canada in the 5,000 meter track and field event. We congratulate him and all of our Olympians who have done well, and even those who haven't, because the reality is that making it to that point, making it to the Olympics, and especially getting onto the podium, <clears throat> is not a joke. It requires years of training with discipline, and dedication, and strong ambitions. So it's not something for the weak-hearted. I mean, you have to be physically strong, but you also have to be mentally strong as well. And the reality is, my brothers and sisters, that this is true in our lives as well. We spend years to get prepared for life. If you think about it, when does Education start for a child. Right. Nowadays, getting earlier and earlier. Right? So, four years old, or even preschool. And a good chunk of a person's life is spent on getting educated. Why? So that we can be prepared to be winners in life. And then we have our struggles for trying to choose the right education for a rewarding career, or joining together night and day to establish a successful business, working hard to purchase a home, setting up a generous retirement fund, and all the struggles that we go through on a day-to-day -day basis that we are all familiar with. We are all familiar with. And these struggles, like I said, they start early on. The effort starts early on. And we spend a large portion of our life, of our lives preparing for those things, right, which are important. But sometimes what happens, my brothers and sisters, is that we start treating buying homes and cars and our careers and our investments like an Olympic sport. We start treating it like that. So what do I mean? We tire ourselves with dedication and discipline. We see this in the world, right? 
sometimes even in our communities. And we tie ourselves, not so that we can have you know, a decent, a reasonable place to live in for ourselves and our families so that you know, we have a decent car to drive with a decent, respectable income, which is important. All of those things are important. But what it turns into, what I mean is, that it becomes our ambition to be on top when it comes to these things. So instead of looking at these things as necessities that we need to live in this world, to live in this dunya, to survive in this world, it becomes our ambition to be on top with regards to these things, within our circle of friends and our family and our profession. So it goes from being a necessity, a need, to being something that we start vying for, that we start competing with others in. Now in Islam, to be clear, we are taught to work hard for the things which are halal in order to fulfill our needs. And there's a very important difference, distinction between needs and wants. So it is important and indeed we are encouraged to work hard to fulfill our needs, our responsibilities towards ourselves, towards our bodies, towards our families, towards our relatives, towards our community, to fulfill the needs in a halal manner, to feed, to clothe our families, not to be dependent on others. Our religion is not a, or our way of life is not one that is a religion or a way of life of handouts that we wait for a handout in order to live in this world. That's not what we have been taught by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What we have been taught is to work hard with the abilities, the faculties, the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, even if it is just our hands. Working hard to earn a halal income to live and to survive and to sustain our families. That is what we're supposed to do first. Yes, our way of life is one of compassion for a person who is not able to work, who is not able to find work, who is not able to do anything to sustain themselves, or perhaps it is not enough to sustain themselves. Then yes, absolutely there is compassion, there is support, there is welfare, there is all of those things. But that's not the go-to for the believer. That's not the way we have been trained to live in our lives. So we have been taught to work hard, to not to be dependent on others, and to spread appropriately of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us, then we should spend appropriately of those things, earn it in a halal manner, spend it in a halal manner, in moderation, according to the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to a person. And yes, these can all be an act, acts of worship as well it can actually be turned into an act of worship or an act of servitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So imagine how beautiful that is. That a person is going to work in the morning, they're waking up early, they're working hard to go to work, to open their store, to run their business, to study. Right? They're working hard, they're waking up in the morning, morning, they're just going to earn. But it's a form of servitude, it's a form of ibadah towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because their intentions are right. And they're doing it in the right way and they're doing it for the right reasons.
So if we do these things while respecting the guidance of Allah and His Messenger وسلم, and we do them with the right intentions out of a sense of duty towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a sense of respecting and honoring the guidance of Allah and His Messenger وسلم, then it can be turned, that same effort, the same effort that we would be normally making anyway can be turned into an effort that is actually rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is actually pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we must ask ourselves, my brothers and sisters, that how much of our effort is really for this purpose? How much of our effort is really for this purpose? And how much is it to satisfy our own desires out of greed? Right? That's the difference between the needs and the wants. So making the same effort, but if it is with the right intention, with the right purpose, in the right way, then it can be rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But on the other hand, if that effort is just to feed our own egos, our own greed, which will never be fulfilled. Right? Greed will never be fully fulfilled. If a person acts out of greed, they will never have enough. Right? As the Prophet wasallam has told us, right? The child of Adam has one, the human being, has one valley of gold, entire valley full of gold. He's going to want another one. There's nothing that can fill that, that or satiate that, you know, or be enough to satisfy that desire for having more. And it ends with the earth, going into the earth, and the, you know, the mouths and the bellies being stuffed with, with dirt, which happens when we pass away. So my brothers and sisters, let's think about it. If you're working that hard for the things that are going to last for a maximum of 70 or 80 years, how much harder should we be working for that which will last forever? Right, think about it. People work hard in this life, and that's good. If it's, like I said, if it's for the right reasons, the right intentions, it's good, alhamdulillah, right? But if we're working so hard for something which is temporary, right, just to get by in this world, then how much harder should we be working for that which will last forever? And especially in the case where we're doing the effort for worldly reasons for our greed, to satisfy our, our desires, not necessarily our needs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to race for it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to race. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم سابقوا إلى مغفرة من ربكم وجنة عرضها كعرض السماء والأرض وعدت للذين آمنوا بالله ورسله ذلك فضل الله يؤتيه من يشاء والله ذو الفضل العظيم الله says race towards forgiveness from your Lord and a garden whose width is like the width of the heavens and earth prepared for those who believed in Allah and his messengers that is the bounty of Allah which he gives to whom he wills, and Allah is the possessor of great bounty. And another place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us similar wording, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَىٰ مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةِنَا عَرْضُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ عِدَّةِ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ And hasten rush toward forgiveness from your Lord, and a garden as wide as the heavens and earth prepared for the righteous. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala essentially is telling us to move, take action, rush, Right? Don't be behind. Don't take it as an afterthought. But move quickly towards His forgiveness. To seek His forgiveness. Move quickly towards Jannah. So the message is, do not leave it as an afterthought. Don't leave it as an afterthought. Which sort of happens naturally because you're so stuck in the day-to-day. -day and in planning for you know, the foreseeable future. 
or maybe your retirement. And sometimes we get lost in that because we're not looking ahead. We're not looking beyond that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, no, don't let that happen. Don't, don't let it be an afterthought. But keep it at the forefront. It may seem like it's far away, but it's actually a lot closer than you think. So move towards it. Move forward quickly. And Jannah doesn't come cheap. No. Who doesn't want to go to Jannah? Of course, everybody wants to go to Jannah. Everybody wants to go to paradise. Right? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst the people of Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the best place in Jannah. So we all want to go to Jannah, but Jannah doesn't come cheap. It's not cheap. Right? And if you think about it, I was you know, watching the Olympics and I was thinking, how much struggle athletes go through. Right? Like I said, the training is hard. It's not like someone just, you know, they were just sitting on their couch a few weeks ago and they're like, oh yeah, let me go to the Olympics and then they just, you know, they just got up and they just started competing. No. Right? They go through hard training. Travel many times because the training is not available where they live. So they have to go away from their families. Right? There's a financial burden. You know, sometimes I, I get the impression that, you know, people watch the Olympics to see the athletes and they're like, oh, they're making a lot of money. You know, they're not pro athletes. Right? They're not playing in the NHL and the NBA, you know, and the professional soccer leagues. Okay? Some of them might be. But most of the athletes, you know, they're not, they're, they're not professional athletes. So they're not in it for the money. Right? In many cases, there might be a financial burden for being away from home and you know to look for sponsorships and all these things it's not easy so years of determined struggle why for a chance to be on the podium right how long does that last right to get the medal few days of fame and recognition maybe some sponsorships like i said probably some positive effect on their careers maybe some good stories to tell when they get older inspiration to others right so there are benefits to it but if you think about it, right, the amount of effort that goes into it and what is actually achieved in terms of actual you know, uh, achievement and, and what is gained rather, subhanAllah, right? So if that's how much effort needs to be made for something that is so temporary and so short-lived, imagine how much effort should go into Jannah, which is exponentially greater and better in every way. So much greater and so much better. Now in one of the verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, He tells us, That it has been prepared for the people of taqwa. The Jannah has been prepared for the people of taqwa, people who are righteous, who are God-fearing, who are God-conscious. And after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us some qualities of these people. Because you know, to be a successful athlete, you need to have certain qualities. Not everyone can be a successful athlete, especially you know, on a, on a, on a global level to, to play in the Olympics, to compete in the Olympics. Okay, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us some characteristics of the people of taqwa who are to be racing for Jannah and for forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْضَ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ they are those who spend in the cause of Allah during ease and hardship. During ease and hardship. Right? They spend in the way of Allah, in the cause of Allah. In both good times and difficult times. And they restrain their anger. Right? They are cool with their anger. 
They restrain it. And even if they get angry, they cool down quickly. And they pardon people. They are forgiving towards people. And Allah loves the doers of good. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives some more characteristics. And those who when they commit an immorality or wrong themselves by transgression. So you know what's interesting here, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the people of taqwa, he's talking about the people who do good. And then he says that they too commit immoralities or wrong themselves sometimes. Meaning they're not perfect people. They're not angels, right? Even the people of taqwa and the doers of good will make mistakes. They may commit an immorality, they may wrong themselves by committing a sin, by transgressing against the guidance of Allah and His Messenger wasallam. But what do they do? They remember Allah and they seek forgiveness of their sins. As soon as they re realize what has happened, they are humble. They remember Allah, and they seek forgiveness for their sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And who can forgive except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who can forgive sins except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And they do not persist in what they have done while they know. So basically they're sincere people. They may make mistakes. As soon as they make a mistake, they seek the forgiveness. They remember Allah and they seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And once they know something, they don't persist in doing it. When they know that something is wrong, when they know that something is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they don't persist in doing it. They stop themselves. They, 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 they control themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, أُولَٰئِكَ جَزَاؤُهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ وَجَنَّةٌ تَجْرِي مِن تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَنِعْمَ أَجْرُ الْعَامِلِينَ Those, their reward is forgiveness from their Lord. And gardens beneath which rivers flow in Jannah, wherein they will abide forever eternally. And excellent is the reward of the righteous workers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst them. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. So my brothers and sisters, race towards it. Work hard in doing good. Work hard to become a person of taqwa and live it practically. Make it a priority and not an afterthought. Something that we live by, not just we, something that we turn to when we have nothing else to do. Not something that we turn to when we have nothing left to do. Right? When we're free, okay, now we're going to worry about it. No, try to make it an, a, a priority. Now, in a number of places, we have been encouraged to be first. To be First, to be at the forefront of doing good, whether it's giving charity, whether it is worship, whether it is helping others. There is virtue and encouragement regarding being first. It doesn't mean that you push others out of the way to become first. Right? For example, when we go for Umrah, when we go for Hajj, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open the doors once again for us. Right? And this Hajr al-Aswat, and people want to touch it and they want the virtue of kissing it. Right? And then there's all this pushing and shoving, right? So that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about pushing others out of the way in order to get ahead. But rather, we're talking about having the desire and moving forward to do good without hurting others, without pushing others out of the way. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Hasten to do good deeds before you are overtaken by one of the seven afflictions. Then giving a warning, he said, Are you waiting? Are you waiting for such poverty which will make you unmindful of devotion? Or prosperity which will make you corrupt? Or disease as will disable you? Or such senility, senility as will make you mentally unstable? Or sudden death? 
or Ad-Dajjal who is the worst expected absent or the hour and the hour will be the most grievous and the most bitter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So poverty can be a barrier to doing good. Prosperity can be a barrier to doing good. Disease can be a barrier, barrier to doing good. Senility, old age can be a barrier to doing good. Or sudden death and Dajjal and of course the Day of Judgment. All of these things can become barriers in our doing good. So the Prophet ﷺ said, hasten, move forward, move quickly before these things come and overtake you. My brothers and sisters, as we watch and hear about the Olympics and the athletes who have put tremendous effort, discipline and dedication into where they are today, let us think about what effort and dedication we are putting and that we need to put into taking us where we really and truly want to be, not just in this dunya, but in the hereafter. Think about how we can make the actions which are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the forefront of our lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability and understanding to make pleasing Allah and attaining Jannah our top priority. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from among those who strive to be at the forefront of that which pleases Him most. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase us in everything that is good. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to guide us to live this life in the best way. And may He grant us the best in the hereafter. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. We have the sad news of the passing of the brother-in-law of our brother Javed Hakim. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. So make dua for him and all of those who have passed away. Allahumma aghfir lahum wa rahamhum. Ma'afihim ma'afu anhum. وأكرم نزولهم وأوسع مدخلهم واغسلهم بالماء والثلج والبرد ونقهم من الخطايا كما ينقى الطوب الأبيض من الدرس وأبدلهم دارا خيرا من دارهم وأمدلهم أهلا خيرا من أهلهم وأدخلهم الجنة وعيذهم من عذاب القبر وعذاب النار We also make special dua for all of those who are ill There are a number of brothers and sisters whose loved ones have cancer and other serious illnesses Our elder sister who is living in pain our brothers and sisters who are living with long-term pain and injuries, and all of those who are physically ill or mentally ill or emotionally uh, bruised and hurt, may Allah please heal all of them. Oh Allah, Ya Rabbal Alameen, Ya Shafi, cure them all and make them well. Oh Allah, please take away all of their pain and replace it with peace and happiness and wellness. Ameen, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Amin.